Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. Good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning to the P40 Ministries podcast. And I am your host, Jen, here. And we are actually, we have a guest on the podcast today. And this is Erica Wiggenhorn. And she is super cool. I've been learning a little bit about her ministries and some of the books she's been authoring. And she's coming out with a brand new book, actually, recently. And Erica, I'd love for you to tell the audience of P40 Ministries what that book is about. Yeah, I would love to. So it's called Letting God Be Enough, Why Striving Keeps You Stuck and How Surrender Sets You Free. And it centers around uh, actually the person we're going to be reading about today together in God's Word, Moses. (laughs) Uh, whom I affectionately refer to as the greatest self-doubter of the Bible. So I can relate to Moses. I have uh, struggled with self-doubt, fear of inadequacy, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of not being enough uh, for whoever, wherever, whenever. However, uh, this book is really about what God did in Moses's life to point him on a path to freedom from his struggle with self-doubt and a fear of inadequacy and what we can therefore count on and trust God to do for us in our struggle with it as well. That is super awesome. And I mean, I don't know who can't relate to that. I feel like all of us have struggled with uh, fear of failure and stuff like that. And even with me, with the podcast and everything, I never considered myself a well-spoken person. (laughs) So I relate to Moses on that uh, level as well. So yeah, I mean, that sounds like a great book. And, And where can people grab a copy of that book? Yes, they can grab a copy of that off of my website at ericawiggenhorn.com. And I will definitely drop a link to that so you guys can take a look at it and maybe purchase a copy for yourselves and also take a look at Erica and all the amazing things she's been doing as well. She's definitely a professional in her field. She has authored a couple books um, as well before this one. So when is this one going to be available? So it's available for pre-order now. Oh, awesome. Uh, there's, yeah. So there's actually some special freebies you get if you pre order it before it comes out on September 7th. You will get a free uh, Bible study on the life of Moses to accompany the book. And you'll also get a discount code to one of my favorite Christian online retail stores, Ellie and Grace. Mm. So, uh, Don't wait till September to order it. Then you'll miss out on the freebies. (laughs) There you go. That's great. So yeah, faithful listeners, I will definitely drop a link to that so you can take a look at it. But actually, let's go ahead and talk about Moses. Yeah. (laughs) And it's great that Erica is here with us to discuss this topic that she's just written a book about. So we are going to discuss Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 18. And as I always do, I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible this morning. 
They took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. The whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, We wish that we had died by Yahweh's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots, when we ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then Yahweh said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from the sky for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them, whether they walk in my law or not. It shall come to pass on the sixth day, that they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that Yahweh has brought you out from the land of Egypt. In the morning you shall see Yahweh's glory because he hears your murmurings against Yahweh. Who are we that you murmur against us? Moses said, Now Yahweh give you meat to eat in the evening and in the morning bread to satisfy you, because Yahweh hears your murmurings, which you murmur against him. And who are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against Yahweh. Moses said to Aaron, Tell all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come close to Yahweh, for he has heard your murmurings. As Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, they looked towards the wilderness. And behold, Yahweh's glory appeared in the cloud. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At evening you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am Yahweh your God. In the evening quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay around the camp. When the dew that lay had gone, behold, on the surface of the wilderness was a small round thing, small as the frost on the ground. When the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they didn't know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread which Yahweh has given you to eat. This is the thing which Yahweh has commanded. Gather it of everyone according to his eating, and omer ahead according to the number of your persons, and you shall take it, every man for those who are in his tent. The children of Israel did so, and some gathered more, some gathered less. He who gathered much had nothing over, and he who gathered little had no lack. They gathered each according to his eating. So, Erica, what stood out to you the most about this uh, portion of scripture, do you think? What stood out to me most is that uh, when God leads us to places of want or wait, he's really trying to teach us four things. This is the first time uh, since the Israelites have left Egypt that they've really been in a place of want or a place of wait. They were, you know, camped at Elam, which we know was like this paradise in the middle of the desert, but now they've set out. And so I think there's four important lessons here. The first one is that when we are grumbling at others or at our circumstances, we're actually grumbling against God. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I think God is establishing some things for his people. First of all, he wants us to know that he he is our God of provision. He is our supply. Uh, we, we can't always see where the supply is going to come from, how God's going to do it, in what way it will appear. But God is establishing himself that he is our provision. I can imagine the people did not expect bread to rain from the sky. <laughs> no, that would be, that's a little uh, unique provision, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. But we hear, those test- we hear those testimonies of people, you know, that they're in this place of want or they're in this place of desperate need and God comes through in a way that they totally did not 
expect. Right. Uh, but, you know, God, God wants us to know that he is our supplier. We can mm-hmm. depend on him for his provision. The second thing that I see here, Jen, that I think is really profound is God's order of priority. He tells his people, you're going to lay down your head at night, believing me, and you're going to wake up in the morning obeying me right? He, he doesn't just lay the manna out there all day long and say, well, you know, when you get hungry, you can go ahead and roll out of your tent and go out there and, and take what you need. He says, mm-hmm. the manna is going to be out there in the morning. So right. get up and gather it. So he's establishing some, some level of priority for his people. Like you've got to get up and obey me. You've got to do what I command you to do first thing when you get up. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, I'm not saying, you know, people say, well, you can only read your Bible in the morning. You know, it's not that. <laughs> it's just this idea that God prioritizes obedience. Right. He wants us to do what he tells us to do in his word. He doesn't want us to wait around until we feel like it or we feel a need to do it. He's saying, lay your head on your pillow at night in faith that I am your provision. I am your God. And wake up in the morning and obey what I tell you to do. So I love that piece. Right. The third thing that I love in here is God's participation. He Mm. says, he says, gather of it, everyone. In other words, there's a role for obeying and following God for every single person. There's no person who says, I believe in God that just sits back passively and God is not calling them to do anything in obedience or service to him. He has something for every single one of us to do. So we see this complete participation on the part of every person that is of the nation of Israel. And lastly, what I see is God's prudence. He, he's testing their prudence and he's like, you know what, you can go out there and you can hoard five gallons of that manna, but when you get it back in your tent, all you're going to have is the part that you need. And you could go out there and just take one handful because you didn't listen to directions and you didn't bring your basket with you, but you're still going to have enough. Um, so we see God teaching a level of prudence here that we're not to be greedy. We're not to be overly passive. We are to obey God. We are to follow his directions exactly. And we're to take what we need. And we'll see later on, I don't want to no spoiler alerts, but we'll see later on that after God has tried to train his people to be prudent here, uh, when they don't listen, it doesn't go so well for them a few (laughs) chapters later, but we won't get into that today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those are some great points. I love the last one as well, because it's also showing God's mercy. Because the people just, it seems like they never listen, yeah. right? <laughs> or at yeah, least recently. No. Because, um, I mean, already, it's only been a couple months since they're out of the nation of Egypt. They're already upset and grumbling. And it kind of seems like they're just angry. And we also saw that they were angry at Moses as well when they thought that the Pharaoh was going to come over and, and kill them before God parted the Red Sea. So there was that as well. So the people are forgetting the greatness of God, I think. They're, they're forgetting all those miracles and wonders yes. God did in the land of Egypt, forgetting that he's there with them and that uh, he can provide everything for them. So my question is, why does it seem like the people are always so angry at Moses and Aaron, especially when they see they saw God and his provision for them? 
so why do you think they're always so angry? Yeah, well, I, I think it's because they don't really know God intimately. You know, what we see God saying to the people here is then you will know that I am Yahweh. Uh, mm -hmm. And that that idea of him being Yahweh is was something completely foreign to the ancients. We have to realize that in their day and age and coming out of Egypt, they were used to deities that were fickle and changed their minds and might be favorable one day, but might be angry at you the next and withhold their blessing or their favor the next day. And so God is trying to shatter um, these misconceptions that they have about himself. And so when he's calling himself Yahweh, uh, what he's saying is, you know, I am the almighty. So there's, there's nothing mm -hmm. that I am incapable of doing. There is nothing outside the realm of my power. There's nothing that is impossible for me to do, but I am also Yahweh, meaning I am the God who enters relationships. So I am your God and I am the God who wants to dwell with you and be intimate with you and show you my goodness. And so what we have here is we have people who have witnessed God's capabilities, but they don't yet fully understand the goodness of God's character because character is always understood in the concept of relationship. I can't really know somebody's character until I know them pretty intimately, until I have spent time with them. I have, I understand their heart. I know who they are. I know what they're passionate about. I know what makes them tick. This is why God, this is what God means when he says Yahweh is I want to have that kind of a relationship with you. I want you to know my heart. I want you to know the depth of my goodness. I am only good. I will always be good. I will always be faithful to you. Exactly. And, you know, and he calls himself the father of the Israel. He says the children of Israel. He's calling, always calling them the children of Israel. He's referring to himself as the father of the children. So, of course, he wants that intimate relationship like a father would have with their child, with their kids. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. That's, right. And, uh, you know, Verse three here is kind of interesting. It says, the children of Israel said to them, we wish that we had died by Yahweh's hand in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and we ate our fill of bread for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. <laughs> I mean, looking at it now, it's it's kind of humorous sure. because we saw, we, we can see everything. But, you know, <laughs> do you think you can elaborate a little bit more on this verse? Because this is yeah. it's a kind of a well, silly verse. Well, it is a little overly dramatic because just a couple of verses before, we know that when the children of Israel left Egypt, we're told that they left with many flocks and herds, much livestock. I think it's how it says it in the ESV yeah. version. So even though they're out here in the, in the wilderness, they might've been relegated to a low carb diet because they finished all their bread. They definitely were not going to die of hunger because they're surrounded by animals that they can kill and eat at any time. So none of this perspective is quite true. Uh, one thing, you know, we can have a tendency to pine away for something in the past, and we have a tendency to remember things maybe a little more uh, favorably than they actually were in reality. But the heart condition here of what we see is that they're focusing on what they don't have. Right. 
instead of what God is waiting to give them. So their discontent is what you're saying. Yes. yes. But I think we do that. If we're honest, we can focus on what we don't have, right? Whether it's the circumstance we want, the the relationship we want, we can focus on what we don't have instead of focusing on what is it that God wants to give us or has promised to give us. And so there's a good lesson for us here. Yeah, there definitely is. And I just love the fact that God provides for them in such a miraculous way. And it says from verse six, all the way to 11, basically God is talking to Moses and he keeps saying, I've heard the grumblings. I've heard the grumblings. I think he says that a handful of times, actually. God mentions that he yeah. heard them and their grumblings. And yet he's being so merciful. Yeah. Like, like, just think about who God is and how he could definitely punish anybody he wanted to, anybody that speaks a word against him. But he's not like that. He doesn't do that to these people, even though they're complaining and they're grumbling over the fact that they don't have any bread anymore. Right. And God provides them in such a, a miraculous way. He provides them this bread from heaven, this manna. And I think later on, not to not to um, go forward too much, but it actually mentions that the bread tasted like wafers with honey. Yeah. That sounds really good. That sounds like a, a crepe. Yeah. <laughs> to I was me. thinking the original frosted flakes. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> they probably yeah. had it with goat's milk, but I'm guessing the original frosted flakes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And, you know, this was a delicious bread. This was a sweet bread where they could get their fill of it and they could have those carbs. Like you were just saying, they could have that <laughs> those carbs that they wanted so badly. And uh, th this was God's miraculous way of providing something that may not have been totally necessary, as, as you just said, Erica, um, for the people because they did have meat. I mean, maybe it wasn't completely 100% necessary for them to have the manna, but God was providing that for them because they were complaining so much. And uh, and yes, what you mentioned before at the very beginning, everybody's gathering this manna. And it says that some people gathered a ton and other people gathered a little bit, but when they measured it, they all had the same amount <laughs> for each person. <laughs> So yep. even that is more of God's mercy. Like yes. this entire, this entire verses, all these verses are just showing God's mercy to his people over and over and over again, yes. where he's like, you know, even though you're not listening to every single thing I'm saying, I'm, I'm still going to be merciful to you. Even though you're murmuring against me, you're complaining about me. I'm going to, I'm going to be merciful to towards you. If you're not listening to what I'm saying and you're gathering a whole bunch, <laughs> I'm still going to be merciful towards you and give you exactly what you need. Yes. And so that's what I, I just love about this. So, Erica, I'm sorry, we are running out of time to talk about this passage, but you brought some great insights. But one last question I want to ask before we conclude is, what is something that you and I and the listeners of the P40 Ministries podcast can uh, take away from this portion of scripture today? Yeah, well, I don't think we can uh, walk away from this passage without really pausing for a moment, Jen, on verse 9, where it says, Moses said to Aaron, tell all the congregation of the children of Israel Come close to Yahweh, for he has heard your murmurings. Mm. And I love that because it's exactly like you said, uh, you know, he is our father. What little kid uh, who has a fear or a need or a doubt or is worried about something feels like they cannot crawl up in their daddy's lap 
and say, I'm afraid, or I'm wondering, or I'm, I'm doubting, or I'm curious about, or explain this to me, or help me feel safe. Uh, and so whoever is out there listening today, whatever you're murmuring about, whatever you're disappointed about, you're doubting, you're struggling, you're afraid of, come close to Yahweh because he cares about what you're struggling with. And he has the answer to every question you seek. So come close to him today and bring those doubts and those fears and those struggles. I love that takeaway. And I wanna elaborate that on that slightly. I was actually just, um, I was leading uh, one of the Out of the Meyer Bible studies that I do. And um, one of the ladies that was in my class who was co-leading it with me, she gave such a great analogy that I just wanna mention here. She said that one time she was holding her daughter who was like kicking and screaming. And all she wanted to do was like comfort her daughter who was kicking and screaming and just very, very upset. But of course she was unable to really comfort her daughter because uh, her daughter was not happy. And so she, she made this analogy like, we kind of do the same thing to God. God wants to comfort us and draw us close, but we're sitting there kicking and screaming. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and so I just, I think that that's kind of, it, it relates a little bit to what we talked about and what Erica just mentioned with everything that, um, you know, we just, we have to bring those things to God because he really does care. And he listens to us and he hears our complaints. He hears everything. Erica, I am so thankful that you were able to come on the podcast and talk to everybody today and bring such uh, interesting insights to everything. So thank you. Thank you for having me. So if you want to reach Erica, you can um, definitely go to the link that I drop in the bio of this podcast episode and learn more about her. But friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. Happy listening and God bless.